0: Good morning. Today we are once again learning alongside our church school and their curriculum today on what it means to serve. This morning we dip into the Book of Acts, which tells the history of the early Christian movement. It is a movement still in formation seeking to find its way and collective identity following the crucifixion and resurrection of its founder. Right before this story, we read that the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. God strengthened the church and its life was marked by reverence for the Lord. Encouraged by the Holy Spirit, the church continued to grow in numbers. Let us open our ears, our minds, our imaginations, and our hearts and re-enter this exciting time of new beginnings and hear about one of its members who knew how to serve others. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, meaning gazelle. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. Her life overflowed with good works and compassionate acts on behalf of those in need. About that time, though, she became ill and she so ill she died. After they washed her body, they laid her in an upstairs room. Since Lida was near Joppa, when the disciples heard that Peter was there, they sent two people to Peter. They urged, please come right away, and Peter went with them. Upon his arrival, he was taken to the upstairs room. All the widows stood beside him crying as they showed the tunics and the other clothing Dorcas made when she was alive. Peter sent everyone out of the room and knelt and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, saw Peter, and sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. And then he called God's holy people, including the widows, and presented her alive to them. The news spread throughout Joppa, and many put their faith in the Lord. And Peter stayed for some time in Joppa with a certain tanner named Simon. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God in spirit, for the word of God among us. Thanks be to God.
1: God, whose love is always present, who encourages us to share that love with others, be with us in the spirit of Tabitha, Dorcas, and the early church, that we might be bold and adventurous, faithful and true, and that the words of our mouths and the meditations of all our hearts may be truly acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer, Let the people say, I'm curious how many among us today are familiar with the word midrash? Some of us. So we have tried this out in Advent and a few other times. Midrash is a Jewish tradition of interpreting the word, trying it out in new ways, turning it over the scripture, and often reading between the lines about what happened. And so I'm attempting this morning to give you a midrash on the life of Dorcas, whom Mark just read about. I had always expected something miraculous to happen to me, not that I should be exalted or that I'm that special or need to be celebrated, but I've always gone through life expecting the miraculous, looking for it, keeping my eyes and ears open for it. And in retrospect, it's curious that I missed the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth, I was over here in Joppa minding my own business, doing the work I've always done, serving the people that were right around me, and whatever was going on over there in Galilee, But that was a whole other foreign world to me. It's three long days of walking to get from here to there. I've always concerned myself with the here and now, what's right in front of me. And I suppose it started with my parents, they taught me to help other people. Always be looking for ways you can help, they said repeatedly. When my mother baked bread, she always made sure we had at least one more loaf to share with a neighbor. Even on occasion, they would share them with strangers on the road or someone going through a hard time. And in prosperous times, she would bake two, maybe even five more, to share. She would keep extra urns or pots on hand to take grain or flowers, wine or water, to sick or poor neighbors. And when she would make or mend garments, which she did to bring money into the household, she would keep back some extra fabric to make clothes for the children in the neighborhood and then just give them away, expecting nothing in return. My father was always telling the same thing to my brothers. Look for those who need your hand, who need your strong arm, a farmer with a broken down cart, an old person crossing the road. And they named me Tabitha, meaning gazelle. I was always very quick and nimble and lived up to the name. Both of my parents had to tell me repeatedly, slow down, Tabitha. Make sure you're noticing what's happening around you. My parents took the faithful art of loving your neighbor neighbor very seriously. Be sure you noticed who is left out, who needs help, who is struggling, and then go ahead, help them. Now this was not a typical attitude in the place where most of the people felt poor, with a constant sense of struggling to get by, and we resented the heavy hand and foot of the Roman government in our land. But my parents always had a sense that God had blessed us. That if you looked for it, there was plenty to share. So as I grew older and started my own family, it was natural to me this way of helping others. I started hearing about Jesus after he was nailed to the cross. Word really began to spread over here on the coast. They said he had risen from the dead, but I wasn't convinced and I didn't much care. I thought it was just a lot of talk and I didn't really pay attention. I did notice that even after the Romans and high priests had collaborated to kill him, his work, his ministry you might call it, continued and they said that the men and women who followed him were still able to do his healing and miracles but you see they had created so much trouble in Jerusalem I didn't want to be involved with anything like that but then after my husband died some women in the neighborhood began to talk about it this movement called the way and I met some of the disciples those who had been following in his name and there was this this genuineness was a calm and yet holy intensity about them. And it was interesting to me, perhaps even alluring, that they accepted women as leaders in their community. And this was very strange for us. However, I could see that they recognized that I had a voice, I had hands and feet, I had a mind, and they wanted to hear from me. They wanted me to contribute, and they also recognized me, they saw me. They called me directly by my name, Tabitha. And that was unusual for male leaders to recognize a woman like this without wanting something else, like money or sex or both. Those who spoke Greek also called me Dorcas, which means the same as Tabitha, gazelle. They said that Jesus had been that way, honoring and befriending women, seeing God's light in us. It was part of their ministry to carry this on in this strange, hard defined movement they called The Way. And some of the women in my neighborhood began holding prayer meetings in their home, and they invited me. And it was there that I got to know some of the others in this movement. Praying, singing, reading the scriptures, baking bread, hearing from them the way that he had reinterpreted the Passover meal, their stories about Jesus' time with them. Sometimes they were crying. Sometimes they were even laughing, which... I never remember happening in a holy place. There was this shift for me in the way they presented the religious life. It was less about being right all the time and following the law and more about honoring God in everything you did. Jesus had said that the two most important laws were about love, loving God and loving your neighbor. And that certainly lined up with what my parents taught and practiced. There was also a sense that just as we were connected to one another in this newfound community, we were also connected to something eternal, namely God. They talked about the realm of heaven as if it was something that wasn't just out there, a place we went after we died, but a reality we could share and live into right here on earth. And I have to tell you, I had never been happier. The more I spent time with these people, the more I felt at home in a new way, a new kind of family, I felt a quiet, contented joy. They saw that I liked to help people, and they encouraged it. And like my family, this new family of choice helped the foreigner and strangers. When refugees came through the city from other lands, or the poor family whose house burned down, who weren't even our people, when they regularly started taking in strangers and people who were passing through, even though there was always this undercurrent of danger, Rome and Jerusalem both disliked this new movement. Even though that was always in the air, we always had a sense that they had killed its founder and what might they do to us. But we trusted God and we trusted each other. And we believe that loving kindness and purity of heart would open more doors and build more possibilities than a cold shrug or brutish empire. So when I got sick, very suddenly, I could barely move or even think, my body suddenly became very heavy to me like I was covered with a blanket of stones. And of course, these new family members came to my bedside and took care of me night and day. And then one afternoon, in the heat of the day, I just slipped through the open portal of light. And I could see Jesus there, and the faces of my parents and my late husband. And I could hear the beautiful music. And I felt such peace, such comfort. But I could also hear this voice calling my name from behind me, from back in Joppa, Tabitha, Tabitha, Dorcas. I I wasn't sure what to do. I looked at my parents. I looked at Jesus and my husband, so strange and yet so natural to see them all together, and they nodded. Yes, go back. thought, get up. I could hear this man's voice back behind me. And the next thing I knew, I was back in my bed, and Peter, the leader of the way, the one Jesus had named to lead his movement, was right there in front of me asking me. You no, know, he, was, he was actually telling me to get up. And I did. It was the easiest thing in the world. My body suddenly felt light and nimble and the other widows around me looked so relieved. There was singing and rejoicing. There were prayers and there was a modest feast. And the next day we went right back to our ministry, serving and helping people. Many in the community said that I had been such a leader in helping and my death and resurrection had made them realize that they needed to learn more from me about how to help others. And so we organized a kind of women's collaborative for making clothes, and we began talking about ways to make everyday service more of a part of everything we did, how we would go out of our house prayer meetings and immediately begin serving those around us. And surprisingly, word of my resurrection started spreading beyond Joppa. And people came to join us from other parts of the countryside and the city. And as for me, I realized that this serving and helping others, this way of being that my parents had taught me, that Jesus taught his disciples, a way that is nat- as natural to me as breathing, that this was a real gift. And it was my job to share this gift. And also, after that death and resurrection, I started worrying less. You only have one life to live in this time and place. Why waste it worrying? And all of this, in a way, showed me the many miracles around me. That when you serve others, it brings a great holy joy. And this joy, I know I'll carry into heaven with me, again, the next time. There's a song we sing now to honor Tabitha You can find it in your hymnals on 539. Won't you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant.